Welcome to the Crimes Against Pop Culture Podcast. I'm Ricky. And I'm Jerry. Where each week we watch and discuss movies that Jerry has never seen, but really should have. And occasionally some that I've never seen, but mostly Jerry. You were warned never to push Carrie to the limits. Now you must face the evil consequences. <laughs> okay, whose voice is that? Who is speaking when they're telling me that? It's me. <laughs> Thor. Thor? Thor. Oh, Thor. Or, or, or Thor Lord. This is my voice. I'm sorry, Thor Lord. I didn't recognize you. I'm Thor. Thor. Lord. Thor Lord? That's what Thor I said. Lord. I know. <laughs> I like it. All right. So that, you ruined that a little bit quickly. Should uh, I do it again? No. No. That's okay. gold. I was just trying to make it creepy because this is like one of our Halloween episodes. So yes. I figured, you know, like a little evil demonic voice to, to go with our to go with our podcast today. To go with the ambiance. The, yeah. The feel of the season. Ooh. El cuckoo. <laughs> El, nah, never mind. The IRS. The INS. The uh, INS. That is a good point. I'm waiting for you to say something. What am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say so. Tonight's movie is. <laughs> I figured you say hi to everybody. Oh, hi everybody. There you go. I didn't realize that I was the one. Come on, Jerry. Let's do this. You're the captain of this ship, sir. Armando and Elo are doing it too. So let's do it. Let's do it. Now that's scary. That's a really scary That's, voice. That is frightening. Uh, so, hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes Against Pop Culture. Yay! Yay, we are back again. And, and tonight's movie is? Tonight's movie is... Carrie. Ooh. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at Carolyn. 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 Carrie. Does she still listen? I don't think so, but it's funny. <laughs> I'll laugh when I'm, when I'm edit- editing this later. And this happens to be the, did you find out the actual year? Is it actually 1976? Well, the year is 2021. No. The year of the movie. Oh, yes. So we're watching Carrie as episode 111. God, we have already fallen off the rails today. And we're not even in 10 minutes in. Completely. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) So, yeah. So we're watching Carrie today in honor, of course, Halloween. Halloween. And the spookiness and the creepiness and the, the... the boo, the boo and, and the hey. beware. I mean, you were warned, right? Like yes, you, said, you were warned. Yes, so be be prepared to be frightened today. So this is the OG carry. The OG, on the 1976. 1976, based on the Stephen King novel. Oh my God! Let me do my job. Okay, now you want me to let you do your job? Yeah. I'm waiting for you to say something. Something, not everything. God. So, with more on Carrie, here's Ricky. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Let me continue. This movie is rated R. It's an hour and 38 minutes long. It's rated R. Rated R. All right. I like it. Like scary yeah. movies should be. Exactly. I don't get this whole pandering to, like, let's, let's have teenagers let's watch her. Let's make it not fart it. Shut up. Give me fucking, give me the violence, the yeah. gore, the boobies. All of it. I want to see heads being chopped off. I want to see people running with one leg, mm-hmm. one arm, slash throat, half an eye. Yeah. 
like <laughs> half an eye. Yeah, just half. Like <laughs> not even a whole eye. I'll take half an eye. <laughs> that's some. Uh, that's some very precise surgery there. <laughs> half an eye. I mean, if you're if you're Freddy Krueger or Jason or Michael Myers, you are precise in your killings. You don't just kill. You don't just hack and slash. I, I think that's exactly what Listen, they do. It's a science. Oh, okay. It's a horror science. You don't understand. I didn't, I didn't realize they were also surgeons yes, on the side. That's where they, they got. The, that's where they, they got their PhDs in horror. <laughs> Doctor Michael Myers, <laughs> Doctor Jason Voorhees, <laughs> Doctor Voorhees, paging Doctor Voorhees, Doctor Voorhees. So yeah, so this uh, movie's rated it's rated R, hour and thirty eight minutes long. So kind of a short movie for what we've been watching lately. The true, <laughs> with our yeah. marathon watches lately. Our uh, our selections have been quite lengthy. Yes, so the. The director of this, who which I didn't know was a director, is uh, Brian De Palma. You didn't know Brian? Oh, you didn't. Know I didn't know he was the director of this particular you. movie. Like oh, I know Brian know De Palma. Brian. <laughs> and trust me, a lot of you out there might might already know who Brian De Palma is because you may have seen Scarface, The Untouchables, The Bonfire of the Vanities, Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible. Snake Eyes. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm a slippery snake. I mean, they don't, they don't have eyelids, so uh, they don't actually blink. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I feel like my snakes are on fire. <laughs> and also, of course, the okay, black... Can I tell you that I, your impression of Nicolas Cage is by far one of my favorites. It's, come on. And I mean across the board. Really? Across the board. Oh, thank you. Ralph oh, Garman. Thank you anybody else who does a Nicolas Cage impression that I don't know, but yours, top notch. Uh, we're more like uh, treasure protectors. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's in the room. It's uncanny. Like, anyway, so uh, he also directed The Black Delilah. He directed a whole bunch of other stuff that I can see. Uh, again, credit to IMDb. That's where I get all my information. But a lot of it, I kind of want to see because it does say he's like the like the master of the macabre. Ooh. So I kind of want to go back to some of his older films and some of the films after Carrie to see kind of like what they're talking about. Oh, okay. Because I guess he's got that reputation. I wouldn't have known based off of like the movies that I've seen, but apparently. But he's a he's a big horror head. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, there were a few of those movies that you mentioned that I haven't seen. So my oh shit, like what Scarface? Uh, no, I've seen Scarface. Untouchables. Uh, seen the Untouchables. Have you seen the Untouchables? Yes, okay. I love that movie. It's such a good movie. Uh, I have never seen The Bonfire of the Vanities, though. I have I've, not heard, either. I've heard it's a good movie. I've, I have not either. Okay. Put that on the list. Uh, Carlito's Way? No. I okay, seen I've seen that. that. I, think, I think I've seen that one. It's a mob movie. I, I think so, yeah. It's also with um, Scarface. Oh, you know. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Mission Impossible? <laughs> Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... Ah... Have you seen any of the Mission Impossible movies? I have seen some, yeah. Okay. Mission Impossible 1 is very good. Mission Impossible 2 is decent. Mm. Mission Impossible 3 is better. Mm. And then from there, they get, just get progressively better. Shit, diminishing returns? No, no, they get progressively better. Oh, better? Oh, yes. sorry. In my opinion. So sorry, to, in my opinion. I'm so used to, so used to like, franchises falling off. Right, exactly. Yeah. After, like, the first or second one, like, they, they become shit. But for whatever reason, after, like, the, from the third one on... I forget how many, I think there's like 30 so far. Mm. Like they're all good. Like I, for me. Yeah, yeah. For me. Um, I want to say I have seen the first one, but it's been a while, so I don't remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so I don't, I don't know how I could like determine if I've seen it or not without actually watching. I guess I could watch like maybe the first 
okay. 15 minutes of it. We'll, we'll probably okay. So we'll put this series on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of them. Because I mean, I there are several from the franchise that I've missed. Okay. So one of my favorite ones is the one that has uh, Henry Cavill in it too. So I think that's the fifth. Ooh, one. the one where he cocks his arms. <clears throat> <laughs> As if they're guns. <laughs> well, I don't know how he does it, but just like that. Yes, like he's fronting on you, like like a cholo with his blood. So bato, so like that. Where you from? Where you from? Oh. <laughs> You're a dick. Woo! <laughs> Ten minutes in, I've already insulted Jerry. Welcome to the last episode of Crimes Against Pop Culture, folks. Yeah, you lie, sack of shit. <laughs> you love telling that story. You're like, oh, I hate you guys, but inside no, you're like, I don't. I don't. I don't know where you get this idea that I love telling that story. It's embarrassing. It's the look in your I eyes. I told you're close like, personal friends who I thought could be discreet about it, huh? and yet, no. What? Exactly. You weren't even listening to me. Yeah, you said something about close mm-hmm. encounters of the third kind, yeah. and that. Moving on. Okay. Anyways. So the writers of the film, uh, there's two credits. One, of course, belongs to Mr. Stephen King, mm, genius. who wrote the novel. Who can never who end is, a good, who can never make a, write a good ending to a story. That's what I hear. I hear he's the, uh, he's the what's his name? Oh my God, I forgot his name. He's the of novels. Oh, he's the he is the equivalent to novels. What the director of The Force Awakens or Ryan Johnson the Reboot of Star Star Trek. Oh, J.J. Uh, Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah, he's he the J.J. Abrams of novels. J.J. Abrams usually people say like he starts off things like amazing, mm-hmm. but then can never finish them. Well, I guess then more accurately, J.J. Abrams would be, would be the Stephen King. Yeah. Movie. Well, I know, but we were talking about Stephen King first, so I figured. Not that J.J. Abrams is any better, but he kind of is. Fucking hack. Just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he wrote the actual novel. Uh, Mr. Lawrence D. Cohen actually wrote the screenplay for the movie of Carrie. And he also wrote the Carrie reboot in 2013. Ah. He also did a bunch of other Stephen King properties. Properties. He did Tommyknockers and It and I can't remember what else. But So yeah. he's the go-to. He's, a, he's, a, he's Stephen King's go-to yeah. helper, writer-helper. Um yeah, again, I, I haven't seen a, a good portion of those Stephen King movies. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, a lot of them are shit, man. That's the thing. I know that, but they're still, like, a lot of people from our generation consider them classics and did watch classics? them. Classics? <laughs> I mean, you know, classics in the sense that, like, they, they, they um, bring up nostalgia for us, you know, for from our younger years. Yeah, I guess. And, and they're good for the Halloween season. Because I know it was at least uh, as I know it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be controversial to anyone. Ooh, hot take, hot take, Ricky. As shitty as it was, the original, the the TV TV miniseries, as, as shitty as yeah, Tim Curry, I think did a good. Um, Pennywise. Pennywise. But it was just a hor- It was horrible. It was bad. But I, I mean, for its time, that's what I'm saying. That's what I hear. And for its time. Um, it's uh, you know it's good times and even the remake had me like excited mm-hmm. and that first part the part one was f- so good it's great and then the second part came out and I was like <laughs> how did they go from amazing to shit in like literally one was, movie the thing is it wasn't completely shit but it again like it, com- it came down to the ending for me yeah I was like that's it 
It was so, I don't know, it was yes. so... Disappointing. Unemotional. It was disappointing. And we're not angry at it makers. We're just disappointed. Yeah, you guys disappointed us. We're not, we're not angry at you. We're not going to, like, punish you, but, you know. But we are disappointed. Yeah, we're disappointed. Yeah, so, so, you know. Go to your room. If, if we let you make another movie, just do better. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> Look way better. All right, so the cast of the film is... Um, we start off with Sissy Spacek, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Carrie, the title role. She also comes out in uh, the TV show Castle Rock that's on Hulu. Oh. She plays Ruth Deaver. I don't know who that is. She's Mrs. Walters in the movie The Help. She's Paula in Four Christmases. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. It's with... Uh, Four Bitchy, Christmases? Yeah, Bitchy McBitchface and Vince Vaughn. I'm sorry, Bitchy McBitchface? Yeah, Bitchy Mc. Mc- Fuckface. What's her name? Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, that too. She's got a bitchy face? I don't like her. Oh, okay. Well, if you don't like her, you don't like her. But yeah. I just, I don't see a bitchy face. No? No. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me? Yeah. I just be you. <laughs> it's really just me. She also plays Evelyn in The Ring 2. The Ring 2? Yeah. The sequel to The Ring. I never saw The Ring 2. You never saw The Ring 2? Uh, uh, it wasn't that great. I mean, I, I assumed. I... I feel like it came and went, and I like it was a blip. On it was one of those cash grabs where like the first one did so well, they figured, oh, let's make another one to get some money. And it was right, like, and it was just shit. It was caca. <clears throat> she also plays Helen from in a movie called Blast from the Past. You remember that one? That was um, Brendan Fraser. <gasps> uh huh. Alicia Silverstone. Uh, I, I think so. I don't remember. Or is it Reese? One of the two. It's one of the. I two. know it was a blonde. I lady. think it's Alicia, but anyway. That's the one where he's uh, he's in a bunker for like thirty years, right? And he comes, and he out, comes out in the nineties because his family thought that it was a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I remember seeing trailers and stuff and commercials for that one, but I never actually saw it. Speaking of Brendan Fraser, have you seen? Have you been on TikTok or social media in the past? I know you, social media, yeah, but yeah. I don't know about TikTok. Uh, fairly, yeah. Fairly. That, do you know that he's getting a kind of like a resurgence? Like he's coming back, like. Because oh, of because of people on TikTok, really? Yeah, that's good. That's good. He got kind of um, he got kind of ostracized from from Hollywood. Now, okay, now I I've seen you know these raggedy fucking tabloids, like, raggedy tabloids, raggedy fucking tabloids that put out stories of like, look at Brendan Fraser now, and they show pictures of him, and obviously he's like he's like twenty years older from his like quote unquote heyday. So he's put on some weight. He's lost some hair. He's not looking like the friend Brendan Fraser from before, right? Um, so I'm assuming that it's because of that that TikTok has now flipped the script and they're like, well, fuck you, mass media. We're going to get behind Brendan Fraser and we're going to offer him our support. And so what is what has that led to? That, that's the part I don't know. I think he's coming up with a new film. Give me a second. Ricky Googles the news. <laughs> Sensually podcasting. So, according to the U.S. Sun, so take that with a grain of salt. Okay. So, in the early knots, he sort of disappeared. Oh, okay, so that was the other question I was going to ask. Uh, what, what was the reason behind that? Just a personal choice, or so. In two thousand three, it says the actor said he was taking a brief hiatus, a, a brief hiatus from Hollywood. But it, essentially, he just disappeared. Just a hiatus that lasted like 15, 20 years. 
Oh, I guess it was because it was hell. Mm. In 2018, he spoke with GQ uh, and revealed that he slowed down and turned down later reboot offers for The Mummy and Journey to the Center of the Earth due to his declining health. Damn. I guess he had sustained some injuries while performing stunts in various films, and he was just... He was like, look, this is just taking too much of a toll on my body. I, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, so I guess it was just mainly that. So I guess he had uh, some of his, his injuries led to many surgeries over the years, which included a partial knee replacement and a procedure to repair his vocal cords. Wow. And then I guess another one, some of this was that happened was that he, I guess he was in a messy divorce in 2009 and then his mom, his mom passed away in 2016. So yeah, it just, it's a lot of, a lot of real life shit that just started piling on him. <laughs> in August 2021, Brandon returned to the scene when he was shown visibly moved after learning fans on social media were rooting for his, for his major Hollywood comeback. Aww. A TikTok user posted a virtual meet and greet with the actor that has gone viral with more than a million views and counting. In the video, Brandon revealed that uh, he was gearing up for his upcoming project, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, this crime drama is being directed by Martin Scorsese. Damn. Wow. And will star um, Oscar winners Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. The fuck? Some heavy hitters. So I'm telling you, just a TikTok video that made him sort of go viral. Like, That's awesome. Said, hey, let, let, I'm going to go back to, to acting. And his first film was with De Niro and DiCaprio. And Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Scorsese, sorry. I mean, because the other one's just De Niro and DiCaprio. I mean, whatever so, with them. The Scorsese. Scorsese. <laughs> so that's cool so I'm happy so yeah so that, that's why I thought I brought it up because I thought it was kind of neat that um, because of social media like and because of the way that social media works nowadays yeah and like and hey in this case we're not canceling somebody we're rebooting somebody yeah yeah <laughs> it's like, kind of good to see giving them a, a renaissance in their career and see that's the thing like I, I truly subscribe to the notion that you get out of social media what you want from it and what you put into it yeah if you're going on there just to be a shithead then you're gonna get that back and you're just contributing to the whole troll like environment of social media right which is one of the things people hate about facebook about twitter about instagram all you know the shitty comments and all that shit like you put that out there or you go seeking it out that's what you're gonna get out of it but you use it for good and like as as in this case, and it's, it can actually be beneficial. A, for it's someone. awaken someone's career. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully this leads them to to bigger and better roles. And I mean, you hear about it every once in a while too, where like charitable um, causes will be spread far and wide because of social media and yeah. they gain traction, and and you know, babies get the you know treatments for cancer that they need, and you know, pets the, are rescued. And the stuff right, like that. if the right influencer sees what you're doing yeah. and and says, hey, that's a good thing. It could like blow up, and all of a sudden, Shit you're like you're done. asking, you're like, hey, I'm asking for like a thousand dollars to to help out my pet, and someone's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna give you ten thousand. Like all of a sudden, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And and what's really cool is that in, in cases like that, where you know people are asking for a modest amount of money for a, a B, or C, and they end up getting much more than they than they asked for. Um, what's really cool is those cases where they turn around and then like they'll read their they will donate that the remaining money to like another good cause. Yeah, and they won't keep it for themselves, you know. So that's that's always cool. So again, like just I, you know, it's uh, 
it's it's the nature of the beast a lot of times with social media. But I, I I like I like hearing those stories of when it's used for good, and I think we should do that. More. And you know what? I, and I think he deserves it because like you're right. You you have these like media outlets who. Um, they see someone who's maybe not doing so as good as they may have been in the past, and they try to tear him down and make him make it seem like, oh, look at this piece of shit who's who's just working to get by, right? Um, like in the the case of that dude from uh, the Cosby Show. Yes, I was just gonna yeah. bring that up. Like that he would like they, someone found him at a Trader Joe's and they're like, look at him. He like he used to be on like America's number one show, and and now look at him. He's like a he's a bagger at, at Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a minute, like he's working. Yeah, he's providing for his family. What does it matter how he's getting his money? Right, and then shame on you, first of all, for for trying to make that like less for mocking him. Yeah, yeah, for making him feel like shit. And then the internet was like, oh, the internet was like, nah, we're not gonna let you do that. So we they turned it around, and now he's getting like roles on TV shows that's and right. movies, and it's like, good on you, internet. Exactly, like, that's, that's exactly. a good thing. Doing some good. And it's, it's like the thing is again, like uh, you know the old the old cliche, the old adage. You know, people are never satisfied. So I mean. If the dude hadn't been working, if he had been unemployed or whatever, and someone had found out that he was maybe on public assistance or something like that, they'd be like, oh, look at this lazy ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mooching off the government mooching or off, Yeah, mooching uh, off the bus and our taxes or whatever. Um, but what I was going to say, too, was um, something that I completely forgot, so move on. Cherry forgot. <laughs> okay, so she was in that movie. She was in... Um, she was Helen from Blast from the Past. That's how we got on the whole. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We got it. We got it. I got it. Um, the stories like like the one you brought up of the I forget his name, but the guy from the Cosby Show, Brendan Fraser. Other stories similar to that. It's it's been said that America loves Americans love a fall from grace, right? They love stories like that. But thinking about it just now, I'm thinking how much of it is perpetuated by the media and tabloids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the story from the tabloid that showed Brendan Fraser in recent, like within the past year or two or whatever, when he was photographed, like that didn't have to get published. And even if it did, it could have been in a different light. Like, hey guys, like, you know, like, like you know, this is Brendan Fraser this now. This is Brendan Fraser now. Maybe we could, you know, help him out or something. Hollywood, if you're listening, he's available, whatever. You know, like there, maybe there's something out there for him. But no, instead they go with the whole, look at this dude, he's so fat, bald, and ugly. Yeah. And remember him from here, you know, when he was like young and hot. And it's, 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 it, maybe it's one of those things where it's like a, a vicious cycle, kind of a self-feeding machine. But, you know, the, I, I don't think the media helps. And unfortunately, they print it because people read it and yeah. people buy those publications. But I think, I think now the, the, it's changing now it's like changing, yeah. now it's like instead of like yeah let's make fun of that guy and laugh at them for for them you know not being superstars anymore now it's like hey well, hold on a minute like yeah. stop it like what are you doing like this is this what is makes you think that yeah unnecessarily like why are you being a dick to this, these people that through no fault of their own have maybe got fallen through some hard times and maybe yeah maybe they're not getting the roles that they used to get or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be whatever their whatever their decisions were to, to not do what they were doing that was their decision it wasn't anything that we did or anything that we told them to do or anything like that right. so why would you now they're providing for their family like mm-hmm. you think that's stupid you think that the common person that lives in america feeding their family is like is a low life because we have regular jobs and right. we don't right. we're not getting paid millions of dollars to do movies like right, right and i think that's i think that's that's a, one of the good things about the internet today not only are people like just fed up with like 
racists and bigots they're also fed up with the bullies like that's it we're like mm-hmm. we're not gonna take this shit anymore like we're done we're, we're done being pushed around we're done watching or listening to you push people around like this that's it we're just gonna stop it yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think i think if more news outlets start to change the way that they do the, their their reporting i think it's gonna be a good thing oh uh, yeah and it would it would again just help the 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 change of mind the, the the change of outlook and perspective that people would have um it would help that along because yeah, yeah it's, it has started but they could do a lot to further that and and make uh make society take a, a hard look at themselves right and maybe change their perspective on people and and where they are in life whether, yeah, it's, and re- whether it's up at the top yes. or at their worst that's just what I'm going to say regardless if they are used to be or are going to be a celebrity like that needs to stop yeah. we're all like they say we're all people they're people too they exactly. go through they go through shit I mean, I mean like I, we just said before he had gone through a messy divorce with his wife he lost his mom how many of us have not lost a parent or gone through some shit like with our, with our significant others or spouses right like it happens it happens to it's everybody life. yeah it's life yeah, um, and I mean, it It sounds like, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it all obviously fell on him at once. It was over a period of time, but still, like, who's going to want to, it, I, I would find it difficult to be, to have, have gone through all of that and been like, and then turn around and be like, okay, now I'm going to go be the dashing hero in the reboot of The Mummy or whatever, so, Journey to the Center of the Earth or whatever it was. It's it's it was his decision to step back, and it just it took longer than maybe he expected, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that was his decision. Uh, a lot of that shit was out of his out of his control, and not of his doing, and he uh, he he chose how to deal with it in his own way. Yeah, and hopefully, like 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 we said, hopefully his career is, is taking a turn for the for the better, and he's he's coming back because I would that's love right. to see him. In, in we the, in here the at Crimes Against Pop Culture are rooting for you too, Brendan Fraser. I keep bumping the mic. Yeah. Sorry. We love you, Brandon. Good luck. Come on the podcast. Hey, we'd love to interview you. We'll do. A, we'll, we'll watch Flash from the Past. We'll watch uh, The Mummy. Or I, any. Or watch. Yeah. We'll, you know what? We'll let you choose. Yeah. You choose whatever you want to watch. Because you're there. Brandon. Fraser. Yeah. You're motherfucking. You're <laughs> Brandon. Motherfucking Fraser. It's not Brandon, dude. It's Brandon. Brandon. Brandon Fraser. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I know that. Get oh, his name right. Because if we get him on the podcast, testing you. <laughs> hey, Brando. <laughs> How you doing? Oh my god. Alright, so Sissy Spacek was also Liz Garrison in the movie JFK. Back and to the left. Back. Back. The left. I know we watched and to the left. I think so. For the podcast. Although I think we probably, did. I think I slept through half of it. Uh, like always. She also played Loretta Loretta Lynch in Coal Miner's Daughter. Mm. I believe uh what was her name? Shit. I think she came on Smoking the Bandit. Her name was Sally Field. Yes, I think that's. I think she's a titular character in, in that movie. Mm, I think. Okay. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Your brain works in mysterious ways, so it I'm does. willing to bet you're right. It, it works in mysterious ways. Uh, so we also have Piper Laurie. Now, when I saw her face, she kind. I kind of remember who she is, mm-hmm. but not really. But she plays Margaret White in this movie. She was also in a movie called, I mean, sorry, in a show called St. Elsewhere, Murder, She Wrote. Mm. She played Aunt M in the movie Return to Oz, not The Oz. 
Not the Wiz. The Wiz, that's what it is. Not the I, I was the Oz. Oz. <laughs> what was her name again? Uh, Piper Laurie. The name sounds familiar, and I think I remember her from from the movie The Faculty because she played uh, Miss Karen Olsen in The Faculty. And I kind of have a picture in my head of what I should have looked at more pictures, but I really didn't. I was trying to put on her back in the day. My goodness. Got it. Hot. So pretty. She kind of looks like a. Yes. I remember. Yes. I, think I, remember I know her. who she is yeah, now. Yeah. You're right. That yeah. must be more recent. God, look at her, though. It's all black and white, man. Is that Frankie Avalon? That is. It doesn't say. I'd have to click through to see. He looks familiar, though. That might be Frankie Avalon. Isn't that the guy that does all those beach movies? Let's see. With Annette, Annette Fula, Funa, Funa, Funachella? Is it a lyric? Is it a song? Or is it <laughs> Annette Funucci? No! Oh, I don't know what the hell Jerry's doing. Anyway, she was also in the Twilight Zone. She came out in Matlock, Twin Peaks, New Shoes, Frasier, Will and Grace, Law and Order SVU. So she's been a lot of things. Ah, here it is. It's her and Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. In a scene from No Room for the Groom in from 1952. Damn. No Room for the Groom. No Room for the Groom. Which means there were already too many people in the bed. Mm. Yes. Wait, that's not what I Sounds kinky. We also have Amy Irving, who was also in mostly uh, like uh, TV shows. She was in House, Alias. Also in Law and Order SVU. I think everyone was in Law and Order SVU <laughs> at some point. Everybody. Uh, Spin City and... Yeah, Spin City. She was also in a couple movies. She she played Barbara Wakefield in Traffic. Remember that movie? She looks a little like... A little bit. When she's blonde, she looks a little bit like Michelle Pfeiffer. But Pfeiffer? But Pfeiffer. You know what? I don't recognize her. But she was also in... She played Sue Snell... She plays Sue Snell in this movie, and she plays Sue Snell in the sequel, The Rage, Carrie 2. Ooh. And I believe that's a direct sequel to this version of the film. Okay. Not, yeah. not the 2013 deal. Makes sense, makes sense. And I don't know why I put this on here, but she plays Haras in Yentl, which Jerry, Jerry and I had a brief conversation about at the beginning of the show, because I was like, what is Yentl? Like, I know Barbara Streisand's in it, Mm-hmm. And then what did you find out about what Yentl is? It's a variation on the word Yenta, which means it's a Yiddish slash English, what they, what they call Yinglish word, um, that basically means a woman who's a busybody or a, or a uh, gossip. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I tend to use the word schmutz. I don't know. Is that, that's, that's, is that allowed? I think, I mean... Because I'm not Jewish. So, and I don't want to offend anybody. The thing is, the thing is, I, I feel like, especially with a lot of, like, Yinglish and Yiddish, you know, words that are used in English, they've become so much a part of the actual language that I don't think no. it's, yeah, I don't think okay, it's. Okay, good. Because yeah. I, I usually, sometimes, like, I'll talk to her and say, oh, you have a little schmutz. A little schmutz. And she looks at me like, huh? What's that? Still mad at you about that, uh. Wait. How can you be mad at me if you don't even know what you're mad at me about? Moyle. The Moyle joke. Still mad at you about that. When was that? A long time ago. 
Oh my god, get over how is it okay, is it longer than a week? Oh yeah. Get over it. Nope. We'll never. Was that part of the podcast at some point? Do you remember what episode? He was he was listed among the crew. Richard Moyle, I wanna say. Something like that. His the person's last name was Moyle. It was an early episode. And I, I've even explained it again in the more than the more recent episodes. I explained the joke again, and you were still like, "Yo, it was funny." But I, I could revisit it if you want. Nah, it's fine. All right, so we'll move it I want, to, I want yeah. you getting angry at me again, or I'm continue to I'm get already angry. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we also have finally least, but not, well, not last, but not, and not least because there's one more that I found. Last. But certainly not least. Certainly not least is Mr. John Travolta himself, who plays Billy Nolan in this. <laughs> what? Wit. Wit. Boo. <laughs> and if you don't know where that's from, you cannot be our friend. Oh man. So Mr. John Travolta has played many roles among uh, along his uh, illustrious career. Like Tony Monero from Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Danny. A, a classic episode of Crimes Against Pop Culture. <laughs> IMDb said he's listed as Danny on Greece, but I thought it was Danny Zuko. Yeah. They only have him as Danny. I don't know why. That's weird. But well, he was Danny Zuko in Greece. The, the role is so famous, you don't even need to put the last name. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> he also plays James in the Look Who's Talking movies. That's right. Have you ever seen those? I have seen... Maybe the first two, um, and I remember them fondly. I think I remember liking the first one for sure. The second one, I don't remember if I liked it because I knew that, um, uh, what was her name? The Loudmouth? Christy Alley? No, no, no. I don't mind Christy Alley. What was the Roseanne Barr. Oh. She played the baby. She played the baby right. sister. That's and I was right. like, but I don't remember, so I may have to revisit it. The Loudmouth, I love that. <laughs> well, the thing is, at this point, too, I would revisit these movies if I were to rewatch these movies. I should say I would be seeing it through like modern lens eyes, and let's be honest: Kirstie Alley, Roseanne Barr, even John Travolta to a certain extent, kind of kind of problematic a little bit. Yeah, that's true. We may have to if we ever do. I mean, definitely uh, Roseanne and, and Kirstie with that whole fucking. Well, Roseanne was definitely like she she did some hateful things online. Yeah. Kirsty's not much better, I don't think. She she's Really? Her social media posts are very Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, kind of problematic. And then, you know, Mr. Travolta with the whole Scientology thing. Eh, is it a cult? Kinda, yeah, you know, like and you're supporting this kind yeah, of but organization. I don't know. Cause I'll, I'll admit I love Tom Cruise and I know he's one of like the bigger the bigger higher ups in the figures uh, in Scientology. But I'm like I don't have to like his movies to like or I don't have to like uh, I don't have to hate his movies just because he's part of Scientology, I guess. No, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm just like now rewatching the movies. I'd be watching them like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I'm recording this as far as video. I, I want to revisit that look. Say, do it again. Too. I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. It's a little side eye. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> So uh, he also was he also played Vincent Vega, Vincent Vega, in uh, Pulp Fiction. He played Chili Palmer in a movie called Get Shorty, which I am a thousand percent that Jerry has seen, 
But he says that he doesn't remember this movie. I don't remember. Oh my god. Anyways, it must have been another Jerry. <laughs> must have been cheating on you. <laughs> she also plays Vic Deacons in Broken Arrow. Do you remember that movie? That was like one of his comeback. I was like, I think that was right before, right before Pulp Fiction. Mmm. Because I think for me, Pulp Fiction is what really brought him back on the map. That's the thing. He started getting a lot of roles after that, and I, I could swear Broken Arrow was after that. Because was it after? I thought I it remember. was right around the same time as Face Off. <laughs> but here, let's see. I have Google up, so let's uh, let's do a quick Google. So then I mentioned a couple other uh, other. A couple of other movies that he's been in. He oh, also played Michael in the movie Michael. Remember that one? Yeah, I love that movie. That was I such do a good love movie. that movie. That's that's actually a really good. One. That's where he played uh, the angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also played Sean Archer in Face Off. The, we just talked about Face Off, and he might be playing Sean Archer in the sequel. Fingers crossed. Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow was also a John Woo movie. I didn't realize that. <gasps> John Woo. And it was 1996, so that was after. That was after uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction was, was 94. What? 94, really? Yeah. So when was Get Shorty? That had to have been like 97, 98. So then Pulp Fiction brought his back up. I oh, yeah, would dude. say would brought his career back. Absolutely. Get Shorty. 1995. I thought it was later than that. But so no, only a year later. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. No, I'm telling you, Pulp Fiction was a springboard for the dude. Absolutely. I think, I think at that point his career was like dead. It was done. It was done. He had done Look Who's Talking, but those were moderately successful. They, yeah. weren't, they weren't huge. So, yeah, as, as far as him being taken for a serious actor, Pulp Fiction was, was what did it. And then he goes, he, then he goes and does Broken Arrow. <laughs> but I think when it face off. I think when I. I think for me, seeing him in Broken Arrow was like such an eye opener because I've, I had never seen him in like as the villain. Mm. Like that was like to me was like whoa! Like this fool can like he can be a good guy. He can be that like heartthrob. Yeah. yeah, I was like, good on you, mate. Nice, good on you. Yeah, range, man. We always appreciate range here. Uh, and one movie I forgot to mention, which I always love, is uh, I don't know if you remember Phenomena, Phenomenal, Phenomena, Phenomena, Phenomena. Phenomena. I think it's called Phenomenon, but yes. I think it's where he's... Uh, he's struck by lightning, right? I think he's struck by lightning, and he ends up... Is it lightning? Or he thinks he gets struck by lightning. Oh. He... I didn't realize there was doubt there. He gets... I think he gets like powers, powers like, yeah. like psychic powers. And then... Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Never mind. Um, if you haven't seen Phenomenon... Have you seen it? I don't Stop. see it. Stop. Sorry. You don't think you've seen it? Can't help myself. Uh, no, I, I don't think. I okay, have. then I think that might that's one I want to put on the list because I think that one is worth a watch. Cool. <laughs> that was, that what? Was, I was trying to do another John Travolta impression. I'm sorry. And that's all I have as far as the cast. Oh no, no, I have one. More. I forgot. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. I said. I said that it was he wasn't the last one. So the other one that I that I noticed as I was looking at the list was an actress by the name of Nancy Allen. Who plays Chris Harginson? Harginson, and that she is very familiar. I'll give you a hint. Okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, she was in uh, uh, RoboCop. Uh-huh. That would have been RoboCop, and she would have been the blonde love interest. Yes. <laughs> well, no, because remember that was that was uh, RoboCop's partner. Ah, yes. Not love interest. 
Okay, so at least not on his then. She is blonde. Who was she in Robocop then? She was Lewis. Officer Ann Lewis. His partner? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I just said. I'm sorry. I I thought, because I said, oh, I thought when I said she was the love interest, you're like, no, that was the partner. Sorry, I meant that. No, she, she wasn't the love interest. She was the partner. So I thought you were referring to the love interest. I saw the... That's all right. We got it. We got there. She was also in Poltergeist 3? Ah, yes. Classic Poltergeist 3. <laughs> Everyone knows Poltergeist 3. Jeez, I never heard of any of these movies. Maybe Dressed to Kill? Well, actually, according to this quick Google search here, she was in all three of the first Robocops. Um... As well as a movie called Dress to Kill from 19... I just said that. 80? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Huh? Exactly. And The Philadelphia Story, is that right? I have no idea what that is. No, it's not. Ah, she's also a... <laughs> Philadelphia Experiment, excuse me. <laughs> she also came out on Law & Order, Special Victims Unit. <laughs> Everyone has been on Law & Order. I think we have to... I think the game is going to be find someone who hasn't been on Law & Order. As who knows? We might have shown up on Law & Order at some point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's all that got as far as the actors and actresses. Cool. Or is it just actors? I don't know nowadays. I don't eh, wanna, there's I don't still wanna, some debate about that, but... You I don't know, want to offend anybody. Some people prefer... Look, just to be on the safe side, I would just say actors, and if they correct you to actresses, then go with that. Y'all better not correct me. I, know I, mean, I don't mean... I know where y'all live. I mean, like, anybody you're specifically talking about. You happen to be interviewing an actor. Excuse me, I go for actress. And you're like, all right. So this here actress is a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> for the record, that was not me. That was Jerry. That's right. You can send all your hate mail to jerry at crimesagainstpopculture.com. You don't have an email address. I know. That's well, you I have know. an email address, but it's full. Of, no, just kidding. <laughs> you asshole. Uh, okay, so some of the, some some non-spoiler trivia. So when Sissy Spacek was preparing for her character, she isolated herself from the rest of the en- ensemble. Ensemble. Not the rest of the cast. That's weird. That's a weird way of putting it. I don't know. It's just a different word. Ensemble. Trying to sign. Trying to sound fancier. <clears throat> she decorated her room uh, with heavy religious iconography and Ooh. studied Gustave Dore's Doré's illustrated Bible. She studied the body language of people being stoned for their sins. Whoa. Whoa. I think that's a uh, an image. Uh, starting and uh, starting or ending every scene in one of those positions. Wow. So she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's the word on Sissy Spacek. So the name of the high school is Bates High, a reference to Norman Bates from Psycho. Nice. 1960. Oh, in addition, the four-note violin theme from, theme from Psycho is used over and over in this film. Ooh, the... I think so. Nice. We'll have, we'll have to keep an ear out. <laughs> Get it? Because we're going to be listening. Because you can't see the violin thingy. You have to, yeah, that's a oh. fairly common expression. Oh, I knew that. I was just kidding. <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, Nancy Allen was in Dress to Kill? <laughs> From Robocop? <laughs> Didn't you play Officer Lewis? No, she was a love interest. <laughs> I 
hate you I know. so much. <laughs> so while speaking at a book event in Fort Myers, Florida in 2010, Stephen King recalled that he, that he was only paid $2,500 for the movie rights to carry, which may seem like a, a pittance, but he has no regrets. I was fortunate to have that happen to my first book. Oh, that was his first book? Wow. Nice. So that begs the question. Oops. Oh, it's a box office mojo is not part of IMDb. I'm literally asking you. Not sure why you why you would would assume that it was. I'm not sure why you would assume that Box Office Mojo would be part of IMDb. Because the website says Box Office Mojo by a IMDb Pro. Oh, then I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize Box Office Mojo said that. <laughs> so wait. So then, what do you? What, so, what are you saying about IMDb then? That it doesn't connect to Box Office? No, Mojo? I didn't realize that they were connected. That the, the oh, that I, they were connected. That they were connected. I'm sorry. I thought. I thought you said that it wasn't part of, I misunderstood. I apologize. They are connected and it's great. Yes, just like that. Stop it, there's video. Okay. Well, I was gonna find out to see how much, um, how much it costs to make Carrie, but it doesn't say. Uh, but it does say how much it made, which was $33 million. And Mr. King was only received a pittance. A pittance, I say. That's weird. That's, I mean, if he says he's okay, like, I guess, but damn. The thing is, it was a different time. It was the 70s, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, even now, as then, you know, their studios are only out for themselves, so they're going to try to lowball any, you know what I mean? Lowball any offer that they, they throw out to a to an author or yeah and I guess it, I guess at that point he wasn't really well I'm assuming he wasn't well known so they figured hey I'll just pay you this for your book for the book rights or the movie rights my guess is he was probably already well known as an author <clears throat> but as far as like hey let's turn your novels into movies that was probably a new yeah. thing so they were just like you know since it was the first one they were like let's let's just see how this works here's what we're gonna pay you and Unfortunately, he, he accepted. Yeah, that's so, true. Shit out of luck, dude. But, I mean, I'm assuming now that he's, he's getting... I think he's, he's done pretty yeah, well for himself. I mean, overall. based off of just his book sales alone, he's probably made a billion dollars. Just come up with a better <clears> ending, Mr. <throat> King. That's all we ask. So, Seuss now and her mother, Eleanor, are played by real-life daughter and mother, Amy Irving and Priscilla Pointer. Ooh. <laughs> I'm telling you, always, always having to hire the 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 only only oldsters for to play high school students. <laughs> Betty Buckley was 28 at the time of filming, only two years older than Susie Spacek, so that made her 26. 26. And three years older than Nancy Allen, so that she was 25. <laughs> and they play her students. So Betty Buckley was a teacher, and her students are Susie Spacek, Nancy Allen, and P.J. Souls, who were all about the same age. <laughs> what is Hollywood? <laughs> Do better. Well, but the thing is, you have older actors who still look young, 
but they've been in the business now for a few years. They have a little bit of experience behind them. You're going to want to hire an experienced actor, especially if they look young. That's just yeah, I guess. that's the nature of Hollywood. That's true. Hey, at least it wasn't Greece when you had fucking forty year olds playing eighteen year olds. So this is kind of a, not really a spoiler because I don't think it has anything to do with the actual plot of the movie, but PJ Souls was only cast for two weeks, but after she hit Sissy Spacek over the head with her red baseball hat during the, during the volleyball scene, Brian De Palma decided to keep her around longer. Huh? <laughs> so wait, so was the, the, the base, the ba- okay. Baseball hat. It was a baseball hat. Not bad. Right. And she hit Sissy Spacek over the head with it. During the volleyball scene. During the volleyball scene. So that was, I'm, I'm gathering from that, I'm assuming, I'm it was inferring from that, that it was a improv improv kind of thing. Yeah. just went like smack yeah. and ha ha, you're on here for longer. And so that. You're amazing. <laughs> I am Brian De Palma and I have spoken. I like, I like your style, kid. I like the cut of your jib. Staying on this ship. <clears throat> and yes, this was the first Stephen King novel adapter. We just talked about that. Damn. So you realize that there's a prom scene in this movie, right? Of course, very famous. So over it, it was shot over two weeks and required a total of thirty-five takes. Damn. That was a lot of resetting of the uh, actors, the set, yeah. pieces. Good lord. Ah, so speaking of which, so we were talking about Stephen King and, you know, whether he was well-known or not. The success of Carrie from 1976 at the box office cemented Stephen King's name as an author. King himself was delighted with the film. Huh. So, I guess I was wrong then. He wasn't yeah, maybe he was just even as an author. Just an author, and then he became the author. That's very interesting. I, I just assumed that... I mean, he's just he's been such a staple in our, you know collective lives I want to say our pop culture kind of knowledge that I just I just I guess I just always assumed he was always there but yeah I mean even he had to have a start yeah he had to start somewhere yeah I just thought it was I didn't realize it was that that long ago I guess well that long ago and that that was the thing that yeah you know that what that's that's gross it was it was the shit rocket taking off into the sky (laughs) wow Okay, so uh, last one here. Just a real quick one. The shit rocket. The shit rocket. What was it? The shit rocket going into space? Taking off into the sky. Sissy Spacek wasn't considered for the role of Carrie until her husband, Nepotism! Art director Jack Fisk convinced director Brian De Palma to allow her to audition. Crap, I forgot we're on video. Until that, De Palma was, uh, was wedded to the idea of Amy Irving playing Carrie. Yeah. Uh, when Spacey got the part instead, De Palma gave <laughs> Irving the smaller role of Sue. What a dick. Yeah, right. And poor Amy Irving. She was just like... Right. She's just like this up-and-coming set, actress. Yeah, all set to play fucking Carrie. This was going to be her, her breakout role, and she was going to make all these movies. Imagine in a, in a Marvel What If... Uh, series if she episode what if Amy Irving Amy Irving had gotten the role of Carrie and she was the bigger none of the Marvel MCU movies would be alive today (laughs) I'm glad she didn't get the part yeah for real like that 
Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and watch the movie. Yay! So we're going to take a quick break. Well, for us, it's going to be like an hour and a half break. And then for you guys, it's going to be like literally like two seconds. Yep. And then we'll be back. And we'll give our thoughts. Spoiler warning. If you have not seen the movie we're about to discuss, go ahead and pause the episode, watch the movie, then come back and hit the unpause button to listen to the rest of the show. And for those who have watched the movie, just go ahead and continue listening. And we're back. <laughs> wow, that was... Did you have a good sleep, Jerry? Oh, that was, that was lovely. Got a good eight hours of sleep. Wake up refreshed, ready to take on the day. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed and bushy, bushy-eyed and bright-tailed. And so ready to take on the world and the podcast, at least the second half. Typically, what we do, what we do is we <laughs> record the first part, then we break, we watch the movie, then we come back. Same day. Same day. <laughs> same afternoon or same evening, depending on what time we record. Last night, though, we had to uh, actually stop completely. Yeah, things happen. <laughs> you know, Dodger games were on and... Jerry had shit to do. Plans had. And so... Here we uh, are. Yeah, here we are. But, you know, we still have our notes and and fresh memories of the movie, so we're good. Yes. So let me go ahead and uh, rattle off some of the uh, more spoiler trivia that I had that I am looking at currently on on IMDb. (laughs) So, actually, the ending of the movie is different than the ending from the novel. Slightly. Slightly. And, and I do mean slightly, because it ends the same way. You know, people get killed, people get murdered and, and set on fire. Uh, but instead of the house imploding, as in the movie, in the book, uh, Carrie destroys the house uh, with a hail of rocks. Oh. Yeah. And actually... Well, actually, I, that's very symbolic as well with the whole, like, stoning thing from the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And then Stephen King actually came out and said that he actually liked the movie ending better than, the, than his own ending. I mean, it's more... The, the house imploding on itself is a little more cinematic and, you know, it's a little more visually um, impactful than I think a, a hail of rocks would be. That's true. I think people, I don't think people would have gotten the symbology of the, like you said, of the throwing of the rocks. Right. Of judging. That's right. Let yeah. ye, let ye who judges cast the cat stone chamber secrets wow that's completely wrong oh i thought i had it like dead on (laughs) uh another one i have here is that nancy allen claims she never realized her character was going to be so evil (laughs) until she actually saw the finished film she thought she and john travolta were playing such self-centered bickering morons that they were the com they were were there for comic relief i mean they kind of (laughs) were They kind of were. There was that aspect to it, yeah. But it, it it ended up being that they were so so callous and so it. Honestly, I thought that whole prank was, ran deeper than it did. Yeah, like beyond just them two, right? Or whoever even, helped them out. But I, I thought there were more people involved. Even Piper Laurie, for the longest time, or actually while filming the film, she kept busting out laughing, like bursting out laughing during scenes. Wow. And the director was like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, this is like a dark comedy, right? So this is like funny. And he's like, uh, no, no, this is a scary movie. This is supposed to be a horror movie. And so it wasn't until like she, I think even now, to this day, she like says, no, like, that, that nah. was a dark comedy. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a horror movie. <laughs> wow. like, wow. What a misinterpretation by someone on the movie, in the movie. It's pretty sad. <clears throat> Very sad. 
So remember that that scene where we almost all threw up. We were watching. <laughs> where we almost all threw the, up. That scene where we were, where we look, we're looking straight up at Carrie and uh, uh, the cat's meow. What was his name? William Cat. Yeah, but what was his character name? I forget. It was his character Tommy. Name. Tommy. Yeah. Uh, when they were dancing, and so they were spinning one way, oh, yes. and the camera was going <laughs> another way. The spinning camera move. So essentially, yeah. it was just that they they put the 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 actors Sissy Spacek and William Cat on a platform. Okay, so what I was saying that also oh, yeah, so we were sitting there watching it. Uh, they placed William Cat and Sissy Spacek on a platform that was spinning in one direction. Then of course the camera would spin in the opposite direction. That yeah, and I we mean, almost went. Ugh. I mean, I was okay with it. I think maybe another yeah. 10, 15 minutes of it, I probably would have felt a little queasy. But Ricky, <laughs> Ricky was pretty. Uh, it didn't, didn't take too long for him to be like, okay, I need to look away. And I'm usually pretty good. Like, I remember watching back in the day uh, with Boffman. I remember watching, uh, we went to go see, what's that scary movie? The Witch, well, Blair Witch. We went to go see, went to see it in the theaters, and like 10 minutes in, he like abruptly gets up and takes off, and then I never saw him for the rest of the movie. Oh, shit. He it wasn't, it. Yeah, it wasn't until I, so I actually saw that movie by myself. And then when we when I finally came out and I asked him, he's like he's like I couldn't with the camera. Like it was like I was getting I was gonna throw up. So I was like, damn, that sucks. So he, he must have not fared well with Cloverfield either. Oh, probably not. <laughs> if he even saw it. So Edie McClurg, which we found out actually who plays Helen. She's the the, the lady with the thick those huge gigantic glasses and the thick kind of glasses, curly hair. Curly hair, yeah, very, with, very uh, Prom a prominent, I would say, character actress in the 80s. Yeah, we saw her. We've seen her in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm -hmm. What was the other one that we saw her in? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. She was the principal's assistant. I swear she was. Yeah, yeah. She was the principal's assistant. Um, I swear she was the mom on Small Wonder. Remember? Oh. Hi. Maybe she was a neighbor. The neighbor, yeah. Sorry, not the mom, but I'm sorry, yes. The neighbor, that the nosy neighbor that yes, would come over. Yes, you're with right. Little, little Harriet, the little red-haired girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bye. I remember her. Bye. Bye. I remember her. Uh, we also realized that uh, William Cat, who plays Tommy in the movie, is also a uh, prolific actor in him. In his I, own right? nah, I don't know about prolific actor. I mean, the, the the one thing I remember him from was, as you pointed out, was the Greatest American Hero. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so, the thing I remember him from. No, we didn't I, look mean, him up. I I would not have recognized him. Really, I would not have recognized him right off the bat if Ricky hadn't pointed him out. Yeah. So if you hadn't pointed him out. And then you pointed out Edie McClurg. I saw Edie McClurg and I was like, wait a minute, is that that's the, I didn't know her name right off the bat. No, you know, right on top of my head, but I recognized her and I was like, she's the principal's assistant from Ferris Bueller. Yes, yes. So we found two actors that I. These are righteous dude. Based off of just their names, I didn't recognize, but once once we watched the movie, we sort of figured out. Hey, these two are pretty famous. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, her uh, she originally had no dialogue in, in, in any part of the film. So I'll take those two notes off my notes. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> fine. Sorry. <laughs> Should have told me. No, please. Uh, so essentially, she improvised instead. Um, so anything that you see in the film where she's actually talking mm -hmm. is stuff that she made up. Nice. Because she had no actual no lines. And that's see that I love that about like that's that's a talent that I may be a little bit better at now, but like for years, I sucked at like being able to improv stuff and come up with stuff like on the fly. And a lot of people, actually a lot of people over the years have been like, what, you, no, really? Cause they, I, I get the, I guess I give these people, I guess I give people the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at like, you know, coming, stuff, coming up with stuff in the moment. 
But I remember actually participating in some like improv games and stuff like that back in the day where I sucked. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. And so, yeah, my, my sense of like my improv skills has always been like, not so much for me. What about you? Well, I mean, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> what about you, like, with improv? Have you ever tried anything like that? Oh, no, improv? hell no. I'm, I suck at improv. I'm the worst. I wouldn't say the worst. I mean, I think you're pretty good at coming up with stuff also on the on the fly, but it's a, it's a seriously like improv. It's an art. It, it's an art. It's a it's a very like I feel like it, it, it needs to be a very a very uh, finely honed skill, and you need a deep background of like knowledge and and a pop culture sense and you know what I mean to be able to come up with just. A quick yeah, you you have to like know. Yeah, you have to learn. Uh, you have to know a lot of pop culture or just current events to like mm-hmm. to be able to like just like you said on the fly. Just be like, boom, blah blah blah. Yeah, no, like you know, like I just did right now. So <laughs> so off the cuff, just <laughs> so fresh. Okay, I think that's it. There's tons more, but a lot of these seem to just repeat. So cool, cool, cool. That's all I have. All right, cool. Sorry, so, want to make sure. <laughs> I just sat there like for like a minute. <laughs> Thought maybe you were looking for some one more or something. No. All right, so at this point, we're going to move on to my section and my notes on Carrie from 1976. Uh, I'll skip that one, that first one, because that's just mean. Um, boy, the uh, Mr. De Palma sure lingered a bit on the opening locker room scene, didn't? Oh yeah. It took wow. I was just like, I was getting uncomfortable. Like, and the thing is, like, it took forever to get. Here's the thing, like. We understand. Uh, you know, obviously, we are from that generation where you know the seventies, the eighties, even the nineties and two thousands were a different era. You know what? Speaking of the two thousands being a different era, you know what I saw recently, and I was a little surprised at at just certain elements of it that were like, ooh, a little cringeworthy. And we went to go see this in the theater. Maybe shamefully, I would say, maybe shamefully, but we went to go see this in the theater. It was called. It was that movie, The Girl Next Door. I think it was like in 2005. And we went to go see it in the theater because uh, we were big fans of 24 at the time and Alicia Cuthbert was the main girl in it. She was the girl next door. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Miles, what's his name, um, who was later in the X, that horrible X-Men. Um, Miles Teller. Teller, yes, Miles Teller. I think he was the, the main, the, the boy lead in that. He was obviously really young. So he plays the high school kid and he develops this relationship with Alicia Cuthbert who moves in next door and she turns out to be a porn star. You don't remember this at all? Oh, kind of. Yeah. And then like fucking, uh, what's his name? Josh Duhamel, I think, was like coming coming around to like try to get her back because they used to, they were a quote unquote boyfriend, girlfriend, but he was really like her promoter or pimp or whatever, you know, like kind of her porn guy. Manager? Maybe manager, yeah, something like that. But like he claimed to be her ex-boyfriend or something like that. Um, but there were a couple of things in that that were like, wow, really? Even even as recent as that. But you know, anyway, if, if if anyone, I mean, you wouldn't remember the specific things I'm talking about, and I don't want to really say them here because it's 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 pretty uh, offensive. But you know, that that wasn't that long ago. Is my point? You yeah, know what I mean, and there were there were things on there, and that, that's just that speaks to what I what I'm trying to say is that. The problematic things have been have been normalized for so long, 
and that it's been fairly recently that we, we would think that, oh no, stuff like in the 2000s and stuff, that, that wouldn't happen then, you know, but it does. And we have to keep in mind that um, the shit has been so ingrained in us for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? That we, we just now recently are really starting to, to change our perspective on a lot of stuff. But anyway, um, as far as this movie lingering on the locker room scene, like that would be something very appealing to 1976 audiences. Especially, what I'm assuming was their target demographic, young boys, right? The 18 to 30-something? 18 to 35, yeah. So, like, that's, you know, what they would want to see. But Ricky and I now, 2021 Ricky and I, we're looking at it going, yeah, that's... uh, That's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. It's It's going a little too long. And then, you're not only focusing on all the girls in the laundry room, but then you super focus on poor Carrie... And her legs and her little boobies. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening, Brian De Palma? Lord. But, you know, again, like we've said, just a different time. Um, Oh man, remember the days, Ricky, back when teachers could smack kids around with impunity? No, (laughs) no consequences. When I first saw her do it to Carrie, I was like, oh wow. And then she did it again to Chris. But I, I, so for the the Carrie one, the Carrie slap, I kind of understand because it was like she was trying to get her back, like, snap out of it. Yeah, like, 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 come back to reality. Like, Mm -hmm. stop, like, calm down, you know? So a little smack sometimes, like, gets people like, it gets them to shake their head and they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I was going, I was acting crazy. But, so next time you start like mumbling and, and tripping over your words, it's yeah, not bad at everything. Us. Like a little one, not, don't like oh, put your hand all the way don't, back. Don't yeah. swing the hands. Jeez, just like a little like. Don't, don't pull the hand way back. Yeah. Don't reach back in time to smack me, jeez. <laughs> but the second one, the one where she smacks uh, Nancy Allen's character, uh, Chris. Uh, for Chris, yeah. She just totally deserved that. I would have punched her right in the face. Get <laughs> from doing that to Carrie. How dare you? What was it? What was her thing? I'm not coming. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm not staying. Remember, because she was that they were in detention. No, no. Well, but that it started inside the gym. Oh, that's right. she had them line up, and that's when she started because she was like, "All right, let's go," and everyone else was going. She's like, "I'm not coming. I'm not coming." I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> really, I. I can kind of see where she was coming from with that whole, hey, I thought we were the, you know, comic relief on that. Because <laughs> she was ridiculous. Yeah. And that always bugs me about bullies. Like, in that instance, she's the one that was bullying Carrie, her and the other women, the other ladies in the in the film. And they were all willing to take their lumps and, you know, take their punishment, except her. Right. And that was the thing. That that's, that, that's the thing that always bugs me about bullies is that they, they sit there and they, they, they push someone around, they beat someone up, they bully them to a point where either the, the bully E gets sick of it and either says something Stands or does something. Right. And then they get, in turn, like in this movie, Chris gets upset and she's like, I hate Carrie. Right. Okay, but you're the bitch you that, yeah, you're the bitch that started it, that started beating her up, like, or throwing shit at, the, at her in the, in the bathroom. You're the one that did that. That wasn't anyone, that was, I mean, it was all the other people, but like, why are you hating on Carrie now all right. of a sudden? Like, right. you should hate yourself for what you just did. Well, and on top of that, on top of that, which is bad enough, then when the punishment is brought upon, like, the group, right? But she she totally plays this part of, like, the victim. Like, how could you do this to us? And blah, blah, blah. Like, no, bitch, these are consequences for your yeah. actions. And it seemed yeah. like everyone else was like, well, I mean... 
I love that that no one else was on her yeah, side. Yeah, they were all like, <laughs> like "Well, we, we did do what we did, so okay, let's just take our lumps and and you know yeah. get on with our lives." And she was like, "No, no, no, I hate Carrie. This isn't over by a long shot, really." I don't know. I would have expelled her. The fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of my school. Um, that one. Do you want to get into the BDSM girl? <laughs> Ah, she was creepy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> there was one girl. Was it? It was. He swears it was Red Hat Girl. Red Hat Girl, right? She. There was a part. <laughs> no, where no, no. I'm sorry. It was Red Hat Girl the first time he pointed it out, and then it was someone else in another scene. Was but it someone else? I think so, because he said, "No, no, not her. Look at look at the girl next to her." Oh, I was that one that next to her. I was just telling her that she was making a face. She was like, "Okay, that yeah, ugly, yeah. like scrunchy face." Okay, I was so like, "Really? Yeah, yeah." I thought you were referring back to the BDSM. no, no. So the but. so the redhead guy, redhead girl, who I think her name was Norma. Norma, like my <laughs> and we sister. And making jokes about poor Ricky's sister. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, she like. At one point where the when the teacher is uh, is trying to console Carrie after she's been you know beat up and had no it was her. right after the smack it was right after the teacher smacked Carrie to, to snap her out of that, it that's what I'm saying oh, okay. so as she's as she's trying to console her she's like trying to get her like to, to snap out of it and she smacks her like you know a quick little slap like we talked about earlier <laughs> and the camera turns to the or it cuts to the the red hat girl and then she like. She gets this like gleeful look, like here we go, I'm next. Like, what is wrong with you? I, I think you may have misinterpreted that look. I did not misinterpret <laughs> nothing. Everyone else was like, kind of feeling bad, like oh, like we fucked up, like look, she's oh, all shit. pathetic and like covered in tampons. Down. Yeah. And then this girl's like, here we go. Hey, we'll get in line. I don't know. Oh my god. That's the look that she gave, Jerry. Come on. I don't know about that. Anyways. But anyway. Um, the whole the whole deal with the principal and the Cassie versus Carrie. <laughs> it's okay, Cassie. It made me laugh. And then she's like, you know, she fucking blows up and makes the ashtray fucking fly off the table. And it's Carrie. It reminded me of it reminded me of our, our boy Deluxe. It's Deluxe son? It's Deluxe son? It's Carrie's son? It's not that hard. It's a dumb commercial. <laughs> But I saw these. I said, these are all me, son. <laughs> what commercial was it for? It was for Coke. It Coke? It was Coca-Cola. Oh my God. Look it up, people. Coca-Cola Deluxe. It's Deluxe, hilarious. son. Um, <laughs> I improv the line for um, Mrs. Wright, uh, Mama. When she goes, yeah, when she's at that lady's house, and she's like, I'll pray you find Jesus. But I added, but I'll still take the $10. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it took money to get her to leave. But like, but she was so insulted. You could see it on her face. Like, oh, how dare, how dare you? you? You cannot buy Jesus's salvation. I still take that. Oh no, no, she didn't take it. She had the oh, yeah, box. She opened the collection box. box. She was like, and the way she snapped it open, just just place the money in here. Yeah, just, just for the Lord's work. I can't touch it because it's <laughs> sinful money. It's dirty money, but I still take it. Oh, glowy-eyed Jesus. Creepy as what fuck. What was that? I, look, I don't know if it was a lamp. I don't know if it was just a statue of Jesus. But A, his eyes were glowing. They were lit up. And B, it's like, okay, he wasn't in the normal Christ pose where he's like arms oh. straight out. It was like one was higher than the other. And then if you notice, they mimic that same pose. Spoiler alert for Mama at the end. Mama. When she gets uh, when she gets the knives through her hands and the other knives through her body, 
maybe Carrie was subconsciously like mimicking. Yeah, because it was like the exact a, same number of uh, yeah. knives or sharp objects in her body in her body, body as they yeah. were in that little Christ statue. Yeah, because they they refocused on it at the end of the yeah. at the end of the. But you're right. It was like it was like someone took googly eyes. <laughs> Big old googly eyes. And then, like, lit them up. And then, yeah, they had to go backlight so that they looked like they lit up. It was so weird. It was weird. It was really quite expressive, Jesus, I would say. But I didn't, I found it pretty creepy. Anyway, um, I, okay, okay, so I took out the note about Edie McClurg, but I did keep in, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest American hero, William Catt, only because I kept that note in because, Kmeow. <laughs> Cause you said cat with a cat with a K. <laughs> I told him, oh, his name is William. When we were when we saw him, he's like, oh, that's the dude from the super. He's this greatest and uh, the greatest American hero. Yeah, what's his name? What's his name? I go William Cat. He's like, okay, so he starts looking it up. Okay, how do you spell cat? <laughs> like I was cat with a K. So he goes, meow. But I was saying meow at first. You were saying that's right. And then, I, and then when you said cat, cat, cat with a K, I was like, meow. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was like, really funny. <laughs> Stuff that only we laugh at. Huh? So stuff that only we laugh at. I, I don't believe that. Um, a question for the ages. A question for the ages, Ricky. How could Chris talk with her mouth full? <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is going to be a kind of odd, <laughs> odd one that we're going to talk about. So there's a scene in the movie where where Chris. I mean, do we have Nancy to detail Ellen? it? We could just. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> And she's in the car with John Travolta and they're driving. Mm-hmm. And she keeps mentioning that he's a stupid idiot or a, a dumb shit. A dumb shit. shit. Yeah. Stupid shit, dumb shit. And I so told John, you not to call me that. John Travolta's character starts to get angry. And at one point it looks like he he makes a U-turn and like, oh, like the date's over. Yeah, yeah. But then they end up at I, some party. I could have sworn he was gonna drop her ass yeah. drop her ass off at home and go to the party. So so at, when they turn around, I half expected because they cut to a scene about outside the house and a bunch of parked cars, and I, I could have sworn they were going to have him walking into the house by himself, like right. oh, like he just dropped her off and that was it. Well, the the camera pans over and they're in a car and it's still both of them. So whatever wherever they were headed before, they had to make some dramatic U turn <laughs> to get where they were going, <laughs> where, they, where, they, where they were going to go. That's I right. don't know what happened. That's right. That was just a weird. That was a weird scene. That the way they finished that first scene when they were driving in the car just kind of ended weird. So they get in the car, and of course they're teenagers. They're she's sort of like you know like like oh like you know I'm sorry like you know right. baby like she's trying to sweeten them up. What's and your hurry? Yeah, she starts. She turns it from him being a dumb shit to like now they're boyfriend girlfriend, and it's time for some boyfriend girlfriend time. I'm not going to like be nasty as, about it. As Bean says, some sexy time. Yeah, some sexy time. So essentially, she starts to give him... She, she performs a job of sorts on him. <laughs> and as she's performing said job, she's literally speaking. You could hear her. It's not, And it's not like it's muffled or it's like... Right. Like she's got something in her mouth. Like she's just. Right. Like, you can tell when someone is fucking wrong. Yeah. Because they have And this is my finger, people. Don't worry about it. It's just my finger. But, and it's not even all the way in. It's just I'm putting it right on my lip. Right. And you, know, you can tell when something is, quote unquote, in someone's mouth. Yeah. Or someone's eating. You can tell, you can kind of tell that they're, right. that the, it, the voice changes a bit. Nothing. Crystal like, clear. Like, crystal clear. Like someone, like, they do, like, oh, she's actually talking in this scene. She's not doing anything else. So let's dub it over. It was the weirdest thing. I want to know if you can do something for me. 
<laughs> You'll do something for me, right? And meanwhile, the visual in the scene is her head's popping up. <laughs> it's almost just like, what? <laughs> totally took me out of the film. After that, I just couldn't, I couldn't come. Oh, that was so funny. And I'm just like, wait. <laughs> yeah, I told her, I, go, I, told, I turned to Jerry, I was like, yes, she's talking. Um, all right, moving on from that. It, I mean, I just wrote this down because of the pig bashing scene. Is everyone in this school a fucking psycho? Yes. <laughs> they just go in there with a sledgehammer and just pound away at a poor defenseless pig. I thought, stupid me, assuming that you would go to a, a pig slaughterhouse and they would just have pig's blood like from another, you know, a normally slaughtered pig, they would just save the blood in like a container. The, I mean, the slaughterhouse, right? Themselves. And then the kids would go in and just steal one of those containers. Well, why would you keep pig's, pig's blood? Because they people make actually, like, they make things out of pig's blood. Like, um. it's like blood sausage and stuff like that. It, oh, okay. There's uses for the blood. Um, yes. We, we can tell from the film, from the ending of this film, that there's uses for that blood. <laughs> but that's just it. Like, this wouldn't be the normal use for the blood. But, I mean... I just, I, it was just such a jarring scene. I'm just like, oh no. Why can't they just go in there and get a, get a container of blood? No, they had to go in there with a fucking sledgehammer and bash open and pour blood for big fan. Oh, sorry. Um, oh man, that was, that was, uh, that was jarring. Uh, well, they don't actually. They don't actually show the like John no, no, no. Travolta hitting the pig. No, but, but they show Travolta. Yeah, rearing back with the hammer over his head like fucking Thor with Mjolnir. <laughs> Thor. Um, uh, Ricky and I, well, I at least, I don't know if Ricky's on board with me, but uh, hashtag Carrie So White, we started that hashtag um, on multiple levels. On multiple levels, because Carrie herself, she's really white. <laughs> as white as a cloud. As white as a cloud. So white. Or a sheet, I heard someone yes. say. Or um, just in general, the movie it was very, very Caucasian centered. Yeah, but we we, had, we did find some at, did, at the dance, we did at the prom. We found we found some, we found some, some uh, lovely black people with with beautiful afros. I yes. love I love the seventies afros. It's so good. Um, but yeah, we find so no speaking lines. There. But you know, oh no, they some, wouldn't they wouldn't dare give them speaking some lines. small part, some small diversity. Jeez, God damn it, that stupid fucking red hat. She couldn't take it off for the goddamn prom, Ricky. <laughs> That's part of her character. I don't give a shit. That's get rid of the goddamn fucking. It's just not realistic. That's just that's her that's her way of choice telling you that she's into BDSM. Is it? Yeah, red hat. Okay. Not these days. Confirmed. I don't think these days that's what it means. So that was odd though, like she wore it to everything, like everything. class and then the gym, yeah. yeah, and then like the prom, like you would think that would be the one time where she'd be like, you know what, I'm going to leave this home Leave, today. leave it at home. Nope. Because I, I got to get my hair did. Nope. Um, she actually got her hair did, but then she ruined it by putting the hat on. She put the fucking hat on her hair done. Oh my God. Miss um, Collins, the PE teacher, we, we established, damn. Very beautiful. Hot as fuck. Uh, Ricky's a little more subtle about it. Uh, I love the line, sin never dies. And then, of course, what comes right after that is her fucking stabbing her own daughter in the back. Was not expecting that. That was a great scene. Um, and, of course, we already alluded to the Christ pose. 
Uh, I thought it was a bit a bit ham-fisted, a little little much, but I you know it was good. It was a good visual. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that after all that, Carrie, like because of all the bullying and stuff, and because of the prank at the prom, yeah, she burns the place down and burns everyone in it, right? But even after all that, you're still giving her shit and you're still going up to her for sale sign on her property and writing Carrie White, right? Right, White, Carrie White. White. Carrie White. Is it White? Yes. Oh shit. Have you been saying right this whole time? I think so. My bad. It's White. Carrie White burns in hell. And I'm just like, can't you leave the poor girl alone? But here's my thing. So here's, here's on that note. my question that on that because I remember watching it yesterday and I was like wait wait a second so are we to assume that because that was in the dream sequence True. that was in that was in Sue's uh, dream sequence True. she's the one that survived she was the one that was because um, we were under the impression well Jerry mostly was under the impression that everyone that Sue, was in that Sue that and Tommy along <laughs> with uh, Chris and um, Travolta's character and Travolta's character whatever his name was <laughs> Something dumb way, shit. Dumb shit, dumb shit. Dumb shit. Um, we all thought they were in on it on the on the joke of putting of getting her to be the queen and then dumping the pig's blood. Right. And I was telling Jerry, I go, I don't know. I don't see. I'm just the way that the film is portraying Sue. I honestly think that Sue and Tommy were being genuinely nice and having Sue say, "Hey, take her out to the prom so she can feel like an actual person for once, right? Right. And just have that experience." And so then we, we watched the movie. And that's just it. The more the movie progressed, the more I was like, maybe Ricky's right. Like, maybe yeah. they're not in on it because they both seemed so very genuine and earnest about what they were doing that I was like, fuck. It got me, it actually got me to the point where I was thinking, if this is all really a prank, they're really going so far yes. and so unbelievably cruel for them to do it this way because they're really portraying not only themselves but portraying to Carrie that they really care about her yeah. and that they're you know that they're doing something nice for her and that and I think that's where I, I, I'm guessing that's where the director was like maybe we should throw this in at the beginning it, it seemed like Sue and, and Chris were like inseparable like they were best friends right mm-hmm. and I think what he was trying to do was like he was trying to get it to have the audience think oh Sue's being nice because at the end or she's gonna they're pretending to be nice and then something bad's gonna happen at the end. Like, you know, Chris is plotting this thing. Mm-hmm. Sue's, we're gonna find out Sue and Tommy are a part of it. And then they're all gonna have a good laugh and then that's the end, right? right. But I, I don't know, I, I, had, I was just like, there's no way, I don't see Sue as the villain in this. And sure enough, Sue ends up leaving her house. She's like, oh, what time is it? And she takes off and then she gets to the prom, she sneaks in and she's uh, backstage. And see, real quick, that's what made me think that she, even then, that she was still part of it because, okay, let's say you were being genuine about, yo, Tommy, go ask Carrie out to the prom, take her to the prom. Why would you need to go see that? Why would you need to, you know what I mean? And that's that's where, for me, that's what cemented. As soon as she walked into that thing and she was looking, for me, the way that she portrayed, like the face that she made was a face of, I want to see Carrie happy. happy. I want to see okay. her having a I great time. That's that. that's where I was, that's where I went. That's where my brain was like, no, no, she's trying to see her man being so nice to this, to this other lady that, that the lady's having the, like the greatest time of her life. Mm-hmm. And she sacrificed her prom so that she could have that moment. Right. She may not experience anything else for the rest of her life, but she'll have 
this prompt to like, hey, yeah. yeah. So I think what finally cemented it for me was when she when she's like peeking behind the from behind the scenes yes. and she touches that rope. Yeah. And then she kind of looks over and looked, she kept she looked at it like two or three times and didn't really think anything of it. But I think for me it was when they, it was like so dramatic that the camera was like pointing at her and the rope and kind of saying she's not a part of this because she doesn't realize what she's touching. Like she doesn't realize that it's the rope that's going to be pulled. If, the blood. if you knew what was going on, for me, my first instinct would be to walk into that room and then look. Oh, there it is. I see the rope. There's the bucket. Like I, everything's set. Yes. Yeah. Now I, I see what the, I see how they're gonna how they're gonna do it. But yeah. she didn't. She goes in and she she literally touches the rope, kind of looks and then looks back and then they do some scenes and they cut back to her and she does the same thing because. Because Chris is kind of moving the rope. Mm-hmm. Like she's getting, she's antsy to pull that rope. And right. I think for me, that's where it, it was like, she's not a part of this. Right. And, and, and that's when I realized it as well. And then finally, when she lets go and she looks and she's like, wait a minute, what's this rope doing here? And she looks up Falling and she sees up. the bucket and she's yeah. like, holy shit. And she goes to try and stop. And then that's when they, they pull the thing. And then at the same time, the teacher sees her, kicks her out. So yeah. now she's outside. Right. So then she survives. Out of pure happenstance, pure luck, yeah, you could say. Yeah, pretty much. She could have been one of the victims easily. So then what we're seeing at that point is her, like, I guess, guilty conscience. Because maybe she feels like she it was partly her fault why Carrie, like, Carrie being there and then right. having them giving, the, giving them the opportunity to, like, play this trick on her. But my question is, so this is her dream. Right. So it's her. So it, it, does she still feel like she's maybe bullying her from beyond the grave because that's what we see that's where we see the for sale sign right we don't see it in the real world we see it, we see it in sue's dream and that's when she kind of walks up to the to the to the for sale sign to which for sale is sign. really like a, a grave marker really. yeah yeah and then that's where that's where we see that says carrie burden hell and then as she's like kneeling down and we get the flowers and then we get the hand coming out of we the get dirt. the jump scare oh, so great um my guess is that her vision was probably based on what was actually on the property in real life. So maybe at some point, you know what I mean? Like maybe at some point she had driven by, walked by, who knows, um, and seen the sign and you know, what, what it, but you know, when she's lying in her bed, she has the vision based on what was already there. True, true. Maybe that was it. So I have another, are you done with your, uh, yeah, just that the, the Carrie's arm coming out of the ground. That was so fucking great. That was, uh, that was a good little end scene and credit scene. And done. Go ahead. Okay. So here's my question to you. Do you think that Carrie, uh, overreacted? No, I'm leading this to something. No, because here's the thing. She, put so much stock you get like okay based on her relationship with her or with her mama they're all gonna laugh at you they're all gonna laugh at you everything was a sin she finally stood up to her mama and said things are gonna change around here i'm gonna go to this prom you can't stop me all that stuff to go against her mother based on their relationship that was a huge step for carrie right that was a big thing for her to do second she put trust in the pe teacher and she got really invested in whatever feelings she started to develop for Tommy. Whether it was like, oh, thank you for doing this for me, or whether it was actual like amorous, right? right. Like, but maybe she started to actually like him more than just a friend, quote unquote. So all that put together and 
ramped up to the intensity that Carrie already was. Remember, in her mind, when the blood got spilled on her and she started seeing all those crazy, like, prism-looking, kaleidoscopy kind of vision thing, all she saw was, oops, all she saw was the PE teacher betrayed me, Tommy's a dick, I got laughed at, Mama was right, and like, like Teresa said last night, nothing pisses off a teenager more than, no, than realizing that their, <laughs> that their mother was right. Just all of that put together, and she has powers... I think she reacted as Carrie was going. Okay, so I'm going to point something out, and I'm not sure if you noticed it or not. Okay. You probably did. So the pig's blood gets dumped on Carrie, right? Uh-huh. So she's covered in blood. Tommy has a reaction of what the fuck just happened. Like, right. That genuine, like, what is what is going on? That he doesn't know. So shot, now we right. know Tommy is not a part of this, right? right. So then uh, that's when Chris and Dipshit, or dumb shit pop out and they're in the front and they're laughing mm-hmm. and then it cuts to uh red hat girl laughing mm-hmm. right so this right. is the core group now right and it cuts back to that big guy with the, with the pig that he didn't want to do the he didn't want to hit the pig remember right. him the right. one that collected the ballots yes okay now he's not laughing but the other guy with him i think was yeah and that's that's where I'm, that's where my um interpretation of that scene was like was that accurate or was that what Carrie was saying? I think that's what was, I think that's what Carrie, when she finally broke, I think that's what she wanted to see. Because mm-hmm. if you if you if, if you ever watched the movie, anyone that's, that's listening to the podcast, or if you've seen the movie, or go back and rewatch it, pay attention to the crowd. Yeah. the crowd is really it seems they seem very disgusted, disgusted and shocked. Yeah, they're yeah. like they don't know what the hell's going on, except for the people that were trying to get back at Carrie, which was was the some of the group that not all the girls. Because even 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 Edie McClurg's character was like, what at the first, fuck? It, yeah, at first she looked like she was completely in shock and didn't know what was going yeah. on. Yeah, so was, and was not on board with it. Whatever. So it, it seemed like no one else in that crowd was on board except for the, the core people. So right. Red Hat Girl, Chris Normal. and Tommy, Normal. Chris and, and dipshit, and dipshit dumb shit. And then one of the guy I can't remember who the other guy was, but he it wasn't the big guy because he was part of the group. But when it finally happened, I think he finally realized, like, oh, shit, this is not something we should have done. This has gone mm-hmm. beyond what we were doing. So I think what happens is the, the blood gets poured on Carrie, and then her mind just breaks. Snaps, yeah. And at that point, she's like, everyone's laughing at me, ju- la- laughing at me just like my mama told me. But I think in reality, not, not everyone every, was. only a small hand or a right. handful of people were laughing at her. Right. And she just took that opportunity and said, well, fuck him. Fire yeah. everybody. Literally fire. Fire, fire brimstone, rain it down on them, just like they made it rain down on me. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think I think she uh That's why I asked you, which do you I think she overreacted? Overreacted in that sense? Yes, because not everyone was was actually laughing at her, but I mean just taking Carrie for who she was and what her, her background, she reacted exactly as I expected her to. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So so yeah, so that's I, I guess that's you know that I asked because I, I noticed that that part in the scene where everyone was kind of like not laughing, mm-hmm. and then it sort of seemed like everyone was laughing. So my thing was like when you said that oh she was looking through like the kaleidoscope Carrie effect prison. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when she sort of like carry vision. That was her. Yeah, that was her her carry vision saying saying that uh, <laughs> they're all they're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, yeah. Like her mom. Had it was said. all yeah. It was all rushing back to her. I think I think she reacted exactly as Carrie would, like as I expected her to. 
maybe maybe part of that was she's a moiterer and moiterer maybe that was part partly because I already knew the ending maybe but I think I think maybe even not having known the ending I think I probably would have guessed that's how it would have ended yeah that's true it would it would have been no surprise um so yeah um overall I was telling Ricky overall I actually really enjoyed the movie um I enjoyed the build up because Ricky, I think what you were kind of intimating and, and hinting at was that um, it was a little slow for you. It, not that it was slow, because it wasn't it wasn't slow by any by any means. It, it was you know it was, it was it was only an hour and thirty something minutes, so it's it was pretty well paced. My issue was all the action. I, I didn't see I didn't I didn't see how you could call this a horror movie. Right. Because right. the the horror really only comes in within the last 10 15 minutes of the movie. Not That's even that, true. maybe even less than that. No, it really I'd say isn't about good 10, it, w- it wasn't really until she gets splattered with the blood and that's when right. sort of I mean things supernatural things happen because she's got, you know, we were led to believe that she's had some sort of psychic powers. Right. But I don't think at any point up until the cow's blood was pig's it like blood. scary pig's blood or it wasn't scary or like oh my god like the supernatural or ghosts right. or whatever the case may be. Right. I think that's why for me, I was like, I was like, is it, can, can you consider this a scary movie just because the last 10 minutes are scary? I, man, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I thought that the, you know, the last, the, the, the latter part of the movie where, you know, after the pig's blood shit hits the fan was truly like, I, it was pretty horrifying to think of an entire gym full of people, right. students and teachers, just going up in flames because of one girl. Um, so many people dying. And then, you know, the scene with the car, right? The Mustang um, that she flips over and explodes psychically. Uh, that was great. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess you got to kind of... Because, hmm, I mean, for me, yeah. you say horror and I think... Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween, right, you know, right. The Ring, The Grudge, stuff Ultra where, like, guys, stuff uh, where it may not, it, it ramps up to a conclusion, but throughout the movie you're seeing glimpses of the, of the villain, of the bad guy, of the... Or, the, or some kills already. Yeah, yeah, some sort of gore or, not, not even necessarily gore, but you're seeing someone dying because Freddy just stabbed him through the heart with his claws, mm-hmm. like... There's some sort of buildup to that final, to the to the end of the movie, right? Like, as you're going, and I get that there's a buildup to this movie, but I, for me, the, the the hour and twenty minutes before the, those last <laughs> ten minutes, or it's not, it's just a teen movie at that point, right? Teenage. A teen, a teen movie with a little bit of like psychic powers, with like some supernatural. Yeah. To it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really necessarily call it a, a horror movie. So, I get it because it's from a horror writer. So then how would you classify it? I don't know. Mm. Suspense? Yeah, kind of a teen suspense. Supernatural thriller. Yeah, supernatural thriller. Supernatural thriller. That's a good job. Boom, done. Because I was thinking like... Check that box. I was thinking like... (laughs) I was thinking suspense, but I'm like, it's not just suspense though, because I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think you're completely off base. Not at all. The thing is, like, the thing is, like, this movie has for so many years been put in the category yeah. of horror that it's just, I, it's, it's, you're going to be hard pressed to find anyone to be like, yeah, you're right, let's take it out of that category, and, you know, just leave it in the supernatural thriller. I think, I, I think after we record, I think I'm going to look up like 
is Carrie really considered a horror movie? I mean, if that debate has yeah. been brought up, that's a, that'd be a good good thing to look up. Um, but yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. Even even with the buildup and the fact that you know the the true action doesn't come until the the very latter part of the movie. Um, I thought it was great, and now I'm very interested in watching the 2013 version with Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see a modern take uh, on this film and, and see how they that would how they update it with not only with special effects as far as modern day special effects, but with like a modern day um, like kind of social sensibility about like mm. the issues that were explored in this movie. Because I, I, as we were watching, as we were recording this the second half of the of the podcast, I noticed I was I had my screen on the IMDb, and one of the notes that I was reading as you were you know one of the times where you were talking, I was sort of. You know, just listening. I noticed that it said that Carrie's been remade three other times or three times. Oh, what? Let me go back real quick. Okay, sorry, not remade. So although there have been three versions of Carrie and a sequel at this point, so you know that they re- they made a sequel to this one, right? The Rage. It's called The Rage, yeah. Carrie Two. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Um, it's Carrie in college. So yeah, so they're saying that there's <laughs> <laughs> Carrie comes back. Yeah, I got Teresa out with that one. <laughs> Carrie, the, the high school, no, the college years. Carrie, the, the, what is it? What do they call it? The, oh, what do they call it when, when the dorms all have, like, the, the fraternities and sororities have there? Is it Club Rush? Rush Week? Rush Week, I think. Right. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, Rush, Carrie Week. Two, Rush Week. So, essentially, there's been three movies, three versions of Carrie and the sequel, uh, and Stephen King still says that he likes the 1976 version. He doesn't understand why they remade why they remade it in 2013. Mm. He says that the this film was already good. It was, fine as it yeah. was. It, was, it was perfect as well. It's one of those that we, like, we, you and I had a debate that, that Back to the Future should never be remade. God. Especially with Justin Bieber. Oh. That was a rumor for a while. I know. Yeah. That was almost, that was almost a thing. It pains me that it was almost a thing. <laughs> that it was even, that it was even, that it was even being discussed. Yeah. Anyway. With that discussion. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I people have told me that the the remake was good, that they enjoyed it, and so you know, I uh, like I said, I just kind of wanted just to compare and contrast now, having seen the because then you uh, have to ask, the original movie uh, property. Then you have to ask the question: Did they like it because that was the first version that they've seen of Carrie, or was it because it was? Hey, this is actually it was actually a decent oh uh, this was a decent remake version of, of right right. So. Uh, well. Um, this was this was Paul, my, my friend Paul that I was talking to about. So he, I know he'd seen the original, and he saw the remake with his daughters. I don't know if his daughters had actually seen the original before having seen the, the twenty thirteen version. Yeah, so you might you might have a point there that they they don't really have a basis and they just they liked it because it was a good movie, just like me with with um, like, like say Ocean's Eleven. Like I've never seen the Frank Sinatra version. Yeah, me neither. I've only seen the I've only seen Clooney. Yeah, so I mean, and I enjoyed it exactly. So it's it's not not an unprecedented thing, um, but I don't know. I'm still interested. I'd like to see it, but, and then I I really enjoy uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. I think she's a very good actress. So I'd like to see her take on this loner weirdo with psychic powers kind of role. You know what I mean? Like having to deal with all these issues of like bullying and all this stuff. Now that we're talking about it, I think I may have seen. I think that's the version of Care that I I saw. Because I'm getting I'm getting flashes in my head of of of, of Chloe Grace Moretz dressed in like 
this like Sunday school teacher outfit for some reason with like a cross hanging around her, her neck. Are you sure that was Carrie? I don't know now. No, I'm, now I'm doubting myself. I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I think Ricky might have it stumbled was, on internet, 30, internet rule 34 again. For Carrie's the, the th- rule 34 version of Carrie. There were several guys with mustaches in this movie, by the way. Like pizza delivery guy for some reason. Why is there a plumber in this movie? <laughs> Why is he laying all that pipe? <laughs> so yeah, so that's those those were I, I liked it. I, I still I was talking to Jerry yesterday uh, as we were watching the movie, and I'm like, I'm getting a lot of reactions to this movie that it makes me seem like it makes me think that I've never actually seen the 1976 version. You're surprised in a lot of the scenes for sure. So like, I don't know like if you're like I don't remember this. Uh, this doesn't look familiar. Uh, I don't remember this being like this. Because <laughs> usually when I when there's something that I don't think I've seen, but I start watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Like I I remember now. Yeah. I was not getting that feeling yesterday. It was. It was like, only in the scenes where the famous scenes, like sure. the scene with the with the pig's blood and then the. I think even the car crash I've seen before. Right. But yeah, Jerry was right. I was like having a lot of like, what? What? Like this? When did this happen? When, when was this put into the film? <laughs> so I'm guessing now that I don't think I've ever actually seen Carrie, but it was a good movie. I liked hey, it. I mean, if it was your first time too, yay. Yeah. Yay for both of us. But you did you did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Again, I, I personally, in my opinion, would not consider this a horror movie, mm-hmm. but I think I, I, I would more gear it towards what Jerry said, which was the uh, suspense thriller. Supernatural thriller. Supernatural thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably a better category for this film, but... I would agree. I would you know, agree. Uh, teach the room. Yeah. Good so. stuff. All right. So, are we... Uh, Pluggy plugs. Pluggy plugs. We're going to plug stuff. All right. We can't stay with what because there are members in the audience today. Wait, what? We can't say... Why not? Because my mom is right there. She doesn't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> plug, it rather not. plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. No butt stuff. No, 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 no butt stuff. Um, all right. So do you have a plug? Go ahead. All right. I will um, be a corporate monkey and completely plug a multi-billion dollar corporation. McDonald's. McDonald's. <gasps> really? I thoroughly enjoy, and I'm not a pumpkin guy, but... These uh, pumpkin and cream pies are fantastic. I really enjoy them. And my favorite by far is the strawberry and cream pie with the cherry and cream pie being a close second. But besides those two... Where does the apple pie stand? Eh, really? Towards the bottom. I enjoy it. Towards enjoy the bottom. It. It's a good pie. But compared to strawberry and tree and the cherry cream pie... Oh, so great. So, so good. So good. Um, but I... I don't know why. Oh, well, I wanted a pie. They didn't have the ones that I liked available. And they had these. So I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. Really liked it. I really liked it. So it's not that I'm against, like, pumpkin spice or, you know, pumpkin in general. I do enjoy a good pumpkin pie. But I just don't go nuts over it like so many people do with the, with the PSLs over at Star- Starbucks. What's PSLs? Really? In the context, you can't figure pumpkin out Pumpkin spice life? Pumpkin slice... He, this boy's just said no. I don't slice. know. Pumpkin slice is what you just said. What what is it? Pumpkin spice lattes. There you go. We got Woo. there, folks. Just like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Just like lyric song, lyric song tagline. Same. 
Oh man, Jerry doctored up a, a an audio of me uh, misspeaking. Yeah, I did it just to make you look bad, just to make you sound. It bad. never actually happened. Mm, okay, yeah, because that, that that's me, <laughs> tech genius, audio genius, Rick or Jerry. Uh, anyway, pumpkin cream pies over at McDonald's—they're fantastic. Give them a shot, and the McRib will be back soon. I know, I'm so excited. It's funny because I don't I don't ever eat like a ton of them, but I just at least want just one, yeah. just one McRib. That's all I need. Yeah, and, and a lot of times they'll have the two for like five or two for six. I'm gonna know? I'm gonna say something controversial. Right <gasps> now. I think the McRib is the best barbecue I've ever had, ever. Oh, wow. Ever. I'm not going that far. I'm not <laughs> not jumping on that train with you. No, honestly, I love. It's my wife asked the question too. She's like. How do you not like regular barbecue, but you love the McRib? I'm like, I don't know. They put crack in it or something. Well, there's that. And two, the other explanation is that your mouth is just broken. Yeah, I think that's what that's what it is. <laughs> Honestly, because I, 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 we watch these videos. We watch this uh, this guy on YouTube. His name is Mikey Chen. He has his, the Mikey Chen channel, and then he has uh, another channel called Strictly Dumpling. And all he does is eat. All he does is visit, like, wherever he's at. Like I like him already. Las Vegas, L.A., wherever, Seattle. All he does is he goes out to restaurants and eats. Like, that's all he does, right? And reviews the restaurant. Not in review. He's just like, hey, I like it. This place is good. Kind of like how we do movies. Like, yeah. We like them, we don't. Yeah. And that's it. And so then, like, he'll go, to, like, right? Like, he'll, he's in Texas right now. So he'll, he'll go, like, to barbecue places. And he buys all this stuff. And then you're looking at the video. And you look at Teresa. And she's, like, literally drooling. She's like, <laughs> that's so good. And I'm like, meh. Yeah, it uh, looks all right. Because I know what it's going to taste like. And it's not, for me, it's not going to taste good. And then people just hate on me, which is just, fine. Just people so, are entitled to their opinion. Just so broken. The only barbecue that I like is the, the Korean kind or the Japanese kind. But the Japanese kind is very expensive. There's no all you can eat Japanese barbecue. Wait, At least not that I know of. Not taking anything away from Korean or Japanese barbecue. I love those too, but regular barbecue is so good. It's, it's done right. right. It's all right. Marta! <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You're, you're, you're making fun of them. That's good. <laughs> So yeah, so that's my hot take. I can't. And, I, and, I, and same thing. Katie was one of them. I know Katie was like, like, but you have to try this place. And then I go, well, but you have to try this one. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You didn't. In, I mean, okay. It didn't, Don't get me wrong. It didn't I, pull you over. That I, place I, that we I enjoy. It was good. Like it was, it was good. good food. Okay. But I'm not gonna be like, hey, let's go get some barbecue today. Like that's not me. Same thing with with Italian food. I'm not like I'm not like dying to go to Italian food. Italian food is good. Don't get me wrong. Pizza, spaghetti, the raviolis. So I know, but and to be honest, with 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 Italian food in particular, I've never really been to like an authentic Italian place. All I know is what we make at home and Olive Garden. And I know a lot of people are like oh, Olive Garden is Italian, and I get it. I know the that Denny's it, of Italian. Right I now. get that part. <laughs> I just never been to like let's say Maggiano's or. I don't know what other good attempts there are. Down by my house, Roma d'Italia is a great little Italian spot. So maybe I have to try some different ones. All right, but minutes. shut the podcast down. Let's go to Roma d'Italia right now. But as far as barbecue goes, I've tried several places. And there was it's one I think okay. we went to in uh, Oxnard. Uh, Teresa's sister found it. Mm-hmm. And it was good. Like I said, it was delicious. But I'm just like, I'm not going to like, okay. hey, let's go back to that place for barbecue. Because yeah. it's not for me. I know I'm broken. Broken mouth. I am. I have, I have a book, no. That's okay. All right, all right. We all have our opinions. Just, I'll never forgive you for that. That's, that's fine. fine. That's fine. 
Because you're so mad at me about something that I did like 20 years ago. What was it? I don't want to revisit it because no, I'm just going to get riled up again. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just listen to the podcast again as I'm editing and I'll yeah, go, oh, exactly. hey, this is what it was. That's what he was talking about. All right. Is there any more plugs? No, I'm good with plugs. Go ahead. Okay, so my plug is going to lead into our contact information. Oh, so bear with me for just okay. a second. So the contact in, information that we struggle to get through every so week. So every week we struggle to get our contact information and we never know what the heck the websites are and what the what and where to look for what. So on last week's episode, my wife was sitting down watching, listening to us and she said, hey, why don't you guys use Linktree? And we both said, what is Linktree? Well, no, hold on. I said, you what is said Linktree? what's a Linktree. I was like, oh yeah, a Linktree. I knew so, it was. Never occurred to me to use one for us. For those not in the know, a Linktree is basically a web page that's, is just it has your social media on there. So you click on, let's say, TikTok, and it takes you to our TikTok account. Or you click on Facebook, and it takes you to our Facebook account. Or you click on Instagram, and it takes you to our Instagram account. Very, very easy. Mm-hmm. So instead of us each simple. week having to struggle and try to figure out what our websites are, what our domain names are. Spending 20 minutes looking for our Buzzsprout. I spent 15 minutes... 15 minutes to half an hour, I think it was, the other day, and I, I opened up a Linktree account. So we now officially have a Linktree account. So it's very easy. All you need to do is you go to, it's HTTPS, semicolon, forward slash, forward slash. <laughs> so far, perfectly clear. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. So Linktree, but the, there's a dot between the T-R and the E-E. Okay forward slash, and then crimes against pop culture. Ooh. And I will also post this on our on our, our other social media. You said you were going to post it on Twitter. I, don't know if I am the Twitter, yes. So I will post it on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> so anyways, you'll post it on that. I will post I'll it post it, it on the rest. So everyone, that way has there's an easier way of a one-shop or one-stop, one-stop shop, shop to go and get all of our social media. Yeah. Instead of us stumbling through what might or might not be our website. Our email is. Our Facebook is. Oh, I need to add our email. Thank you. Forgot about that. Ricky, don't forget. Add the email to the electric. Ding! Smart. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) So smart. All right. So uh, I guess that'll just about do it for this episode. Uh, Thanks for having me over again, Ricky. uh, Of course. Providing the. We're going to continue with the. Horror aspect of Halloween, I guess. Scary movies, suspense, supernatural, suspense, supernatural thrillers, thrillers, teen angsty. What do we say we're gonna watch next? I know you have, we had a list and I forgot. Um, we were talking about. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, well, there are a number of the Stephen King movies that I haven't seen, but there's also. Um, well, there was three specifically that we had talked about. Well, that we texted about. We didn't talk about anything. About Stephen King? So, no, no, no. When we were texting, remember I was asking you what movies we should watch? Oh, The Fly. The Fly, yes. The Fly and something else. Yeah, so that's the one you like wanted this, a clarification on. So maybe The Fly? I, 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 I would be really, I, I would that's a good really one. love to see The Fly. Because I, A, I love Jeff Goldblum. And B, that's just one of those movies that like just, Everyone talks about it all the time. Because so. it's, it's an actual horror movie. I, yeah, I'd love it to see it. It doesn't take 80 minutes to get to the... <laughs> right. And I've seen clips of it, and it looks disgusting. And I I just, I'm so on pins and needles to yeah. watch it. Yeah, so very excited. So we'll do the fly next. Um, maybe next week. We'll see. 
Uh, maybe we'll extend Halloween into November. <laughs> November, December. <laughs> Depending on our schedule here. Uh, but we'll shoot for next week. So uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And until next time, put it on the list. And stay moist. So there is that. What if we call you a tuanocha? Tuanocha? Oh, sorry. My mom is here. You said it. I said it lightly. You said it you softly. Said it. I'm sorry, it made me laugh. <laughs> I was doing the voice. I was like, let's do it. We're going to go to the meeting and dress up like superheroes. <laughs> Armando and Eloy are doing it. You got to do it too. <laughs> So that's like our thing now. We're like to get to to get it to get us to motivate, motivate to motivate each other. Let's do it. Do it. Armando, you like done it too. And then it's now unofficially become Phoebe's voice. Oh no! <laughs> Come on, Dad. We gotta go. Walk. Yeah. All right, yo. You ready? Ready. ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Armando and Elo are doing it. Do it. <laughs> In the butt.